0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. app. Mentioned yesterday we would take a break from the music and whatnot, which I am as far as the intro. However, I got something for you anyways. It's more of a coincidence than going back on my word. But um, I've missed a couple of good opportunities. I was playing different um, artists and whatnot, and uh, people would be like, dude, you should have played this song. It would have been great, and either because it's a good song or because it would have been kind of relevant, you know, because... It has to do with love or something like that, you know, like Jordan Love, like, ha get it. But uh, after I did Guns N' Roses, I was driving to work, and I'm like, dude, I want to listen to Guns N' Roses. And I don't ever really listen to lyrics. I don't really care what the words are. Usually about when I go back and figure out what the words are, it's like, I don't like this song anymore. It's stupid. Like, I think I've mentioned it before. The worst thing I ever did was, um, after I really got into romstein was figure out what the lyrics were. It's like, dude, this is, this is stupid. I'm assuming it's like, I don't know, something about burning down a house and destroying nations or whatever and they're like oh we love children i don't know i don't know how it works but i'm just saying don't don't figure out lyrics anyways i'm i'm catching a little bit of this song that i was listening to by guns and roses I'm like wait a minute that's weird that that sounds oddly familiar based on that one little line and i went back and looked at the, the lyrics and i was like oh my goodness and i mentioned it on uh, twitter But uh, I don't think too many people saw it, or they saw it and they didn't think it was very interesting. But I thought it was interesting, so guess what? And I'm going to force you to listen to it. 1,228 impressions and five people liked it. You guys are worthless. Anyways, I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's like six and a half minutes long. But see if you can pick up on the lyrics because I think I just found Aaron Rodgers' theme song. Ready? Here we go. So if you couldn't pick up on the lyrics, let me hit you with a couple of them. The first, very first line is, you like to hurt me, you know that you do. The entire time Aaron Rodgers has been making this about him, the Kumaro thing was about him. The Jordan Love thing is about him. They're just trying to hurt him all the time. You like to think in some way that it's me and not you. In other words, you're blaming me, but this is your fault and you know it. They even kind of whisper that in the song. You know that's not true. You like to have me jump and be good, but I don't want to do it. You don't know why I won't act the way you think I should. You thought they'd make me behave and submit. What were you thinking? Cuz I don't forget. That line alone is Aaron Rodgers that he should have that tattooed on his face. What were you thinking cuz I don't forget? It says you don't know why I won't give in. To heck with the pressure, I'm not caving in. Kind of goes to show the situation we're in right now. You know that I got under your skin. You sold your soul but I won't let you win. The rest is a little bit iffy, but then at the very end it says, I'm sorry for you, not sorry for me. In other words, I'm not going to lose. I don't feel bad for me, I feel sorry for you. With me leaving, you lose. I don't lose. I didn't play the rest of the song, but there's a couple other relevant lines. You tell them stories they'd rather believe, use and confuse them. They're dumb and naive. Truth is the truth hurts, don't you agree? It's harder to live with the truth about you than to live with the lies about me. goes on to say, nobody owes you not one thing. You know where to put your just shut up and sing. Now, if you change sing to play, come on now. Nobody owes you anything. You know where you can stick your just shut up and play. Telling you, man, it's the Aaron Rodgers theme song. Now, if there weren't for a couple of the lines in here, I'd say that this could be the Brian Gutekunst theme song too, but because I don't forget, come on. Anyways, thanks for joining along. I'm trying to record this a little bit early. The family's out. And I figure if I can get this done, which is not going to happen, but let's just pretend I can before they get home, I can go to bed early again, two days in a row. So with that said, if anything crazy happens after like 4 o'clock, probably just going to miss it. However, there was some news that just came across the wire here. The Packers did sign a brand spanking new wide receiver, DeAndre Tompkins. That is not DeAndre Hopkins, that's DeAndre Tompkins. DeAndre was an undrafted free agent uh, previously with Philadelphia. Looks like maybe last year he was with the Steelers, but the only actual playing time he got was with Philadelphia in the preseason. He is a slot guy, 5'11", 187. I don't remember if I said that or not. Um, In the preseason, with almost no competition across from him, um, he got a 36.2 overall uh, grade. On six targets, he caught one pass for four yards. Um, He somehow managed to drop three passes. So six targets, three drops, one reception for four yards. Look, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be honest with you. If what you want is a podcast where we pick up random guys off the street and I start talking about, dude, this guy's got real potential. Like back in college, he did this and like he's he's quick, he's fast, and, and with Matt Lafleur's scheme and all this stuff, it's just I'm not gonna do that. There may have been a time when I did that, maybe I, I, I don't know, but um, look, I mean the <laughs> the guy was an undrafted free agent. In 2019, he got four preseason games, didn't get to set foot on the field in the regular season, uh, apparently got booted and went to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh never even put him in in a preseason game, and uh, now the Packers got him. So so that's that's the news. Is he going to win a job or get... No, he's... No, he is not. For that reason, I am not going to take the time to look at his college stats. Uh, you know, I, I'm just... I'm not going to do that. There also was some news that uh, the Packers restructured um, defensive lineman Dean Lowry, converting 3.11 million of his 4.1 million dollar salary into a signing bonus per, per source. I'm gonna be honest, man. There's nothing about about this off that gets me excited. Um, I just everything is just is worrisome, and I know it's real popular right now to be like, dude, relax. Why are you so? Because some things are just real. Right. Well, why don't you wait until something actually? Ha- why don't you wait on Aaron Rodgers until you actually worry? Because he said he's not coming back. That's why I'm worried about it. Because we have to actually go out there and beg him to come back to the team. That's why I'm worried about it, dude. Who cares if Devontae's not there? Because they're currently probably in massive contract negotiations. It's not entirely impossible that he holds out this year because he's probably looking at that contract deandre got and is like i'm kind of liking the 27 28 range and the packers are like i don't know how about 21 22 range and maybe they're not able to come to uh agreement on that maybe that's not the reality i don't know but i'm worried about it yes i am scared about that especially since he knows he has massive leverage with with aaron Rodgers now saying he you know whatever the packers are under a massive amount of pressure to hold this thing together and if the two arguably the two biggest players on this team are like "Eh, i don't know about this anymore That's a big problem. Even if it's just a negotiating tactic by Devontae, it's still scary. And beyond all of that, every good conclusion also has a negative conclusion. If Rodgers and Devontae both come back, boom, awesome. Except for the part where we are so flat broke, everybody's getting cut next year. Everybody. That's not great. And so because we have no money and because we can't seem to come to an agreement with Devontae, which again, under normal circumstances, is not a big deal. Usually these things don't get done by now. However, these are not normal circumstances. We are flat broke because we went all in despite the fact that people say we didn't go all in. We did. That's why we have no money. That's why we're flat broke. That's why we can't do anything right now. That's why we have to restructure everybody's contract. Even guys like Dean Lowry and Adrian A. Everybody's getting restructured to free up every spare penny that we can find. And that is a problem. It's not just nothing. Well, that doesn't do anything. Yes, it does. We are in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble next year. We just got in more trouble. Beyond that, we're not able to move on from Dean Lowry if we wanted to. Now, apparently they don't want to, but what about next year? Do we want to next year? That would be an ideal person to cut in a year in which we have to cut lots and lots of people to be able to get under the salary cap. Which ones do you want to pick? By the way, if they were restructured, you probably can't pick them. If they just recently got a contract, you can't pick them. Go ahead and pick now, and it has to be big contracts. You're not going to like the solution you come to. So yeah, I'm I'm not a big, not a big fan of this, and and I think you know as much as everybody all well, you know I've been accused of toeing the party line and all that because I just support the Packers over Rodgers all the time. Yes, because of all the available information that I have, you know I, I was just I didn't live, watch all of it, but it was who was it? Alex Smith I think was talking to somebody. I listened to like thirty seconds of it. But he's doing what everybody does that's against the Packers. They can't give a single specific, and every specific they give is ridiculous. Well, the way they handled the Jordan Love thing, what What do you mean? Because they didn't, like, correct, and his whole thing is, you know, before the draft you should have really stroked his ego and said how much we love you. First of all, you don't know that they didn't do that. There were question after question after question about would you consider drafting a quarterback, and they've, they've answered that a thousand times. Of, of course, every year we can uh, draft a quarterback, and they say, well, what do you think Aaron Rodgers would think of that? And they say, well, we think he would be a professional and he would understand. Boy, were they in for a surprise. But I, I, again, all the available information, there's nothing here that's like, wow, the Packers really messed that up. So you've got two options. One, come up with nonsense, like, well, you should have called him beforehand. First of all, no. Second of all, that fixes nothing. Or we just completely make things up. They've been vicious and brutal to him. They they refuse to talk to him. They spit on him that one time. Probably they I you know and you you just start making stuff up that we don't know are true. So so that's why I tend to fall one direction or the other. However, if we're going to talk about issues I have with the current regime and with the Packers and the direction and all that. It's because maybe Brian Gutekunst is going a little bit too far in the direction of the opposite direction of what Ted Thompson was. I think Ted Thompson was a little too conservative in that he always did a very good job of making sure we had guys and had money. We never had a lot of money, but we also had a lot of studs we had to pay, and we were able to make that work, and and cutting just the right guys at the right time to make sure that... You know, we didn't lose out on on talent, but we also had money to be able to sign the newer younger guys, but he never really had that mode where it's like, "All right, this is the moment we got to press in." Gudakunst has had that moment every single year. Every year he's like, "All right, we got to go for it. We got to hit the we got to hit the gas, man. We got to hit the gas." Bringing in all these free agents. And this year we can't because we got no money. And now we're pushing money out, which is something the Packers never used to do, which is really going to hurt the future even more. So it's it's funny because everybody's mad at the Packers. Because last year in the draft, which is, we're really just talking about, like, two pit players, two picks, a quarterback and a running back, were more about the future than now. None of the other ones were, but two picks were, so nonstop, every day, all day, incessant complaining from Packers fans and media members and all that about the Packers are too focused on the future. They never focus about now. They never focus on now. They're too focused on the future. It was two picks. What do you do about all this stuff, though, where they're completely destroying the future for the sake of right this very moment, which is what all the fans wanted, or all the the I-want-now fans wanted? Do they say, this is great, I can't wait, we're definitely going to win this year? No, they still complain about Jordan Love. We need to go all in. Why don't they go get Julio? come on, man. We can't get Julio because they took your advice and drafted every, and, and went out and got everybody. Now we're flat broke. So that would be my biggest concern. Uh, on top of everything else, kind of falling apart, it, it's almost. And I talked about it a little bit yesterday about being a little concerned about the demeanor. And I mean, it, technically, it's NFL-wide, right? It's not just the Packers. There, this whole show of solidarity thing is is all the players across many different teams saying we're not going to show up. We're going to stand up to the organization. We're going to assert our dominance and all that. I I don't like it. I don't like the idea of players kind of, you know, looking down their nose at the organization. If, if, the Green Bay Packers for a long time have been a very respected organization. Whether that be the way that they handle the, the, the drafts, the contracts, the, the legacy, the, the history of winning, recent and, and long-term history of winning, success, just doing things the right way. And I feel like all that is unraveling. There was a time, not very long ago, when free agents would refuse to come here. And we've talked, you know, it's been said many times about how Reggie White kind of changed that culture a little bit. I don't want to go back to that, because the only thing the Packers have for him right now is winning and culture, right? They do right by people. Aaron Rodgers is single-handedly going to unravel all of that. He's coming out saying, nope, they don't have a good culture here. They don't treat you right here. And And now, because we have no money, we're struggling to pay people under Ted Thompson's leadership, we would have the money to be able to pay Devante and, and Russ ball, the, the, the genius of Russ ball. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he has a lot of options and avenues because we have money. Now we have money in the future. We have a lot of different ways that we can manipulate this to kind of come to a, an agreement between what it is we need as a team and what you need as a player. And we can find that middle ground. There's not a lot of options when there's no money now and no money in the future. There's just not a lot of options. Right? It's kind of like if you go to a car dealership and you got boatloads of money and it's really just a matter of working out like how much you want your payment to be or what you want this or that or these features those we'll we'll figure it out, right? We'll get you the right car for the right price with the right miles with all these things and all that, you know, whatever. If you come in with like $2,000, there's not a lot we can do. There's like one option. And if you don't have a lot of money coming in monthly, so you got, you know, your payment has to be low. What do you want? I mean, they're, they're, car salesmen are magician with, magicians with, you know, contracts and things like that, or, or, or the loans, the car loans. But there's not a lot we can do here. You can afford, what, $75 a month. What what am I supposed to do with that? I can get you a $5,000 car and you pay it off over 80 months. How about that? How's that sound, pal? Well, you know, I don't know. Rather have it paid off in three years. Okay, well, I got one car out there that's 2500 bucks. It's yours for that price i can't guarantee it'll drive off the lot but you can have it because again this this is all real and how you manipulate things has to do with how much flexibility you have and if you have no flexibility which russ ball doesn't the negotiations become very tight and when things get tight that's when people start to hold out, and they players never used to hold out against the Packers. You don't see that where they refuse to play, and it's not, keep in mind, I'm not saying, first of all, Devontae's going to, and I'm not saying, second of all, that this has anything to do with Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. I'm talking about a completely separate concern that I have, and that is that that is a tool in players' arsenal. I'm not even saying Devontae's wrong in this at all. I'm saying that this is actually a, becoming a common tactic. You know, we saw Aaron Donald do it. We saw a bunch, we see a bunch of guys do it. I would like to get paid more money. I'd like to get a new contract. And I don't think I'm going to play. And, and, you know, again, Devontae's in a similar boat as as Rodgers. First of all, and, and think about this. Just because everybody gets all mad. Like, oh, you don't even know. You're just making stuff up. I'm just asking you to think rationally about this. If you're Devontae and you want a new contract, and the Packers said to you, why don't we just get through this year and we'll see how it goes? I'm telling you right now, If you take that as as an acceptable answer, you're out of your mind, and your agent is going to get in your ear and be like, don't you dare, we can't do that. Why? Number one wide receiver in the NFL last year. I don't expect him to repeat that. Not to say he's going to get a lot worse, but that's number one. Number two, the risk of injury. So there's the risk of regression, the risk of injury, and on top of that, there's a possibility Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be your quarterback. What's going to happen to your statistics? How much money are you going to be worth? What happens if Jordan Love comes in and he likes to dump it off to Jace, right? Like, he, you know, you just get like a different guy. You get a new, you're, you're reliant on the system and the scheme. And if Matt LaFleur schemes open Lazard, I'm going to Lazard. There's no chemistry here. Those chemistry throws between Rodgers and Devontae, they don't exist. Now, Devontae's still going to get a heavy share because they're going to scheme Devontae a lot. And he's just really good at getting open, which is going to work to his advantage, obviously, but... Why in the world would you not do everything at your disposal to make sure that you're going to offer me a contract? It's going to be this much, or I'm not going to play. It's 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 a concern for me because it makes sense to me that he should do that. As much as I don't want him to, why would he not? And sure enough, he ain't at OT. Well, none of them are at OTAs. I get that. I, I didn't say they are all at oh, They're all missing for the same reason. I don't know what everybody's reason is. I'm just saying, and even forget OTAs. By the way, he's losing a lot of money, so it is significant. When, you, when they talk to Kenny, like, why did you decide to show up? He just looked at the camera like, because there's a lot of money on the line. Apparently, Devonte's willing to risk money to not show up. And again, what options do we have? You think we can afford to pay him 26? What's going to happen when there's a $20, $20 million cap hit next, for, next year for Devonte? That's not going to be fun. This is the final year of his contract. The cap number is $16.7 million. His base salary is $12 million. Top-end wide receivers today are in the 20s. He knows that if he gets a contract this year before the season starts, it's going to be low to mid-20s, possibly high 20s, depending on how much you can squeeze the Packers for. He knows that for a fact. Why would anybody in Devontae's position, ever set one foot on a football field for the Green Bay Packers until that new contract is done. No chance I'm doing that. No chance I'm risking even an ankle sprain before I get a contract. And again, I agree. I hate it. I don't want him to do it, but I agree. He should not play for the Packers this year. I'm not just speculating that he's doing stuff. I'm saying that it makes a lot of sense to me that he should not. He's 29 years old. He's got one more contract coming. He's got one more opportunity to get that big-time money. And again, the reason it just cons- if it wasn't for all this other stuff, I wouldn't care, but it just, you know, it's you worry about what this is doing to the locker room. You don't want the team to be a bunch of pushovers, but you also don't want people just leaving and saying, "Forget this, I hate this. I'm leaving." It just you lose some of that authority and and some of that reverence from your team. And look, if 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 Aaron Rodgers' intentions are to uh cause damage, I, I think it's very possible that that could be the case, which is why I'm I'm also, uh, again, I don't want him gone, but we need to be very realistic about where we're at. And if I'm Brian Gudekunst and Mark Murphy, I'm looking at this and saying we need to know 100,000% what the, what the plan is. Are we going to get him back or not? If he's saying absolutely, at this stage, if he's saying absolutely I'm not going to, you have to trade me. I'm not saying he is, I'm saying if, then you have to do it June 1st. And then with all this extra money that you've now freed up, your number one priority is to go to Devontae and you make him as happy as you possibly can. You do right by him. You make him the highest. Well, highest is weird because, again, Hopkins got such a ridiculous contract. And highest can mean a lot of different things. Again, Amari got a $100 million total contract. Average per year, DeAndre's at 27. Maybe you could do like a 4 year 25 million. That would put him at the 100 million mark with Amari. You're not quite at 27 like DeAndre Hopkins is, but Hopkins' deal was a 2 year deal. Highest guaranteed money by a mile is Julio Jones at 64, but the second highest is DeAndre Hopkins at 42. You can give him 50 million guaranteed. Okay, I'm just kind of making up numbers, but I'm just saying we, we got to be decisive because I'm worried we're going to lose the locker room. I'm worried we're going to lose the guys because, you know, there are a lot of guys that love this team. They love the organization. They want to be here. They want to grind. They want to work. They love LaFleur and, and, and all the guys. And, and there's no problem here. I don't want a problem to fester. If we can get Aaron Rodgers back, we got to get him back in the building. And we need his help to get the locker room back in line. Right. We got to do right. I don't want you coming back with a grudge you got to come back, you got to come back right. We're going to make it right, however you want us to make it right, excluding firing Gutekunst or whatever. But your job when you come back here is to help us get this right. The issue is how do we pay Devontae with no money? I don't know, and he's probably not going to get a premier deal, but we'll do what we can, and hopefully he'll want to stay on a somewhat team-friendly deal to be with Rodgers or whatever, or we give him a relatively high contract, probably not quite that high, and then we just plan on cutting zadarius and a bunch of guys, or extending them, I don't know. I haven't. I honestly haven't taken that deep of a look because it's really early, and I don't really know what's going to happen here. But again, if if Rogers isn't coming back, he needs to go June first, and we need to start the process of rebuilding immediately. And I'm talking about rebuilding the locker room. And, and again, my number one priority every single day. I'm on the phone with with Devontae, and I'm saying we want to make you happy. What's it going to take to make you happy? Because he 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 is he is he and Bakhtiari are the two most important people on this team. Because at the end of the day. Somebody else that's extremely important at this point is Jordan Love, and Jordan Love needs David Bakhtiari, as well as the rest of this offensive line, to be in line, and he needs Devontae, as well as everybody else that can help, you know, the, the running backs, massive, offensive line, massively important, wide receivers, massively important, but getting Devontae back in there, if if even if we said it wasn't as big of a deal because we still can make it work, it's just about culture right now. It needs to be, we need to separate out, Aaron Rodgers had a specific issue, he chose to leave, that's fine, but at the end of the day, we we actually do make our guys happy, and they do. They retain their guys, they pay their guys, they paid Kenny, they paid Bakhtiari, they paid Aaron Jones, which everybody said they shouldn't. They didn't pay Corey, but that was a third contract. As a general rule, the Packers never let talented players go on that second contract third contracts are a little bit more negotiable it depends obviously quarterbacks wide receivers things like that they will running backs probably not as much offensive linemen are a little bit iffy once you get into that 30 year old range i thought Corey would be an exception apparently he wasn't But again, that needs to be communicated to the team. We care about our guys. We love our guys. We'll do anything for our guys. We're going to pay you and pay you well because you deserve it. And we want the best possible team. And you're the best possible player. And we don't want you playing anywhere else. And that's the message we're going to send as soon as he leaves. Again, and I keep reiterating this because some people don't hear me. I don't want Rodgers gone. But if he's saying I'm not coming back, June 1st is the cutoff for me. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to say, "Is it what can we do? I know I've asked you that every day for three months. Tell me right now what it is we can do to bring you back. How can we bring you back? How can we make you happy? What can we do for you? If he says, look, I'm sorry, I'm just not interested. I, I don't think I'm, I'm mid-sentence. I'm hanging up on him. I'm calling the, the Denver Broncos or I'm calling somebody else and I'm saying, what do you got for me? Let's start, let's start uh, getting this thing going here. And I'm going to start playing them off each other. I'm going to get squeeze as much talent and as, much, as many picks as I can. And Rodgers is gone almost immediately. And, and I'm going to start talking to Devontae, too, because I already know the contract situation. Even if I haven't traded Rodgers, once we make the decision that we're going to do that, we know how much money we have. And my number one priority is paying Devontae Adams as much money as it's going to take, not just to keep him, but to make him real happy. Which, by the way, they've done that with Aaron Rodgers as well he he's he's signed every single contract he's gotten they've made him the top paid quarterback i think twice now it's never really been a money thing that rogers has a problem with they take care of their guys so yeah i i listen i get it i'm i'm being nervous and a lot of you guys are like this is stupid there's no reason to be nervous rogers will be back devontae will be back and we're gonna tear it up and win a super bowl man i hope you're right i'm just saying i'm nervous and i don't think it's for no reason it's because it's what makes the most sense to me I'm nervous because I don't see a path back based on what I think, based on the most available and and credible information. I don't see a path back for Rodgers. I can see a path for Devontae saying, I'm not going to play until I get my contract. That makes me nervous. And yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about what's going on with the team. Is there a little bit of a loss of respect? A little bit of that, you know, you can't tell me what to do. Don't give me that tough guy stuff, whatever, you know, what do whatever you want to do, I don't really care. You know, I just, I just, I don't want that. I want, we need, not what I want, we need buy-in. Guys that are excited to be here, pumped to be here, ready to work and to grow. And the, the real good thing about this is, is, from what I can tell, everybody really likes Matt LaFleur. And that's massively important. If they don't like Gutukuns, fine, that's a separate issue. As long as they really like Matt LaFleur, there's a very good opportunity here for him to be able to get his guys motivated. And hopefully they really like Joe Barry and the rest of the crew and they can start. The The other issue that's just natural, natural I keep saying that, natural human nature, natural nature, is constantly, and I, I guess every team goes through this, but constantly getting that rah-rah, this is our year thing, but you just never win it. I don't know if it's better or worse if you get close and, or not, I don't know. But the fact that they're always like right there and then just keep falling through and then next year it's like, this is the year, it's like, I don't know, man. You can kind of understand why players would get to a point where as you get older, you buy in less and less to the rah-rah. And it's more just about I'm just here, I this is my job, right? You know, when you're younger and you're all fired up, it's about, man, I want to win Super Bowls and I want to do all this stuff. And after years and years and years and years and years and years and years of losing, it's like, you know what, I just uh I mean, I wanna do my best, but as long as I'm healthy and as long as I can continue to make money and provide for my family, that's kind of the number one priority for me right now. Which, again, plays right into what I was talking about, that whole union mentality. These really, really well-paid guys are the ones that are pushing for less playing time, less practice, less preseason, less seasonal games, let, you know, less of everything. Why? Because it's about protecting what I have. It's not about pushing all the way in to win. It's not about doing more to make myself better. It's about doing less to protect myself as an asset. Whereas the young guys are the ones that usually don't play ball. Why? Because they're still all... Fired up. Partially because they have to, because they haven't gotten paid yet. I mean, massively paid. And partially because they're still all in it, you know? It's still a a whimsical thing. You know, you get drafted and it's this most magical, amazing thing and you're super loyal to the team that took you and we're going to win Super Bowls, we're going to get championships and we're going to transfer, we're going to do all these things. Eh, After a while, it probably wears off a little bit. But anyways, um, why don't we take a break, and then I want to get back to the question that was asked of me that I was going to answer yesterday, but kind of was button up against time. We'll get to that. It's kind of, kind of in line with what we're talking about here, or at least a decent transition. I want to say thank you very, very much to Mr. Cody Shepard and uh, Mike L for jumping in on the Patreons. Thank you also very much to Mr. Zachary Barnes for upping his pledge. We are currently 85 patrons away from me buying somebody a Packers ticket. To go and tailgate with the crew if that is what you want to do on that steeler. i mean it's listen those tickets are expensive man that's <laughs> the whole reason i'm not going is because they're too expensive but i will buy you a ticket to go um so i get it but i also i don't even understand myself i guess it's just easier to justify as a giveaway for people that are giving to me than it is for me to justify spending my own money to do something for myself while i leave my family at home and i get to go do fun stuff it's just kind of a weird thing i don't like doing that It's a lot of money to be like, hey, I think I should treat myself to this really expensive thing where you guys maybe get yourself a pizza, have a good day. It's weird. I don't like it. But we are 85 away, and how many days have we got? 109 days. I think we could do it, man. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. $1 per month, and you will be assuming you're still a patron at that time. And if you want to wait until the last minute so you don't have to pay all these multiple months because you want to just put a buck in, that's your prerogative. I'd rather you didn't, but that's your prerogative. Am I possibly going to give multiple entries to people based on how much they've given? I don't know. We'll just leave that up in the air till now. You can kind of play Russian roulette with your own own decisions. But that's all it's going to take. Buck a month. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. about seeing what you could potentially get right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena club.com Wow. That's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash pack for 10% off your first purchase. Passion drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I got a question via Brian Walter on Twitter. That is W-O-L-T-E-R Walter 721. So I'm going to skip kind of the beginning portion of it, get to the crux of it. He says, despite Aaron not being there this year, how much excitement is there from you and in general from Packers fans about the 2021 season and then the new Jordan Love era and how big of a fall off of fans do you think there will be uh, in 21 and 22? It was interesting because I, I can't really reconcile in my own mind the fact that I know that I really appreciate Aaron Rodgers. And I know that he's a very, 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 very talented player. And I know that a large portion of the Packers' success is due to Aaron Rodgers. And then reconcile that with the fact that I am actually very excited about a new era starting under Jordan Love. I can't reconcile that because I don't know anything about Jordan Love. I know that I like Aaron Rodgers. I know we're probably going to get worse. There's a very distinct possibility that he's just a terrible quarterback. Why do I get so excited? And I kind of think there's probably a lot of people that have that same issue. There is an excitement, and you don't really know why, and you probably shouldn't be excited. I really just think it comes down to, uh, it's what I've been saying this whole time. I think there's more enjoyment when you can appreciate more than just chasing a Super Bowl, right? If you can look back at last year and say, I had a great year. I think that's a good thing, and a lot of people can't. It's it's Super Bowl or bust. It was a failure of a year. We got to an NFC Championship game and lost. It was a failure. I've talked about it before. I think that that's generally unhealthy. You know, I, I think for, for me, the, being a Packer fan is sort of like playing a video game. Actually, this is kind of a perfect analogy. One of the games that I don't really play video games much anymore, I can't really get into them, um, although I have been contemplating when we get the new house, maybe getting an Xbox or a PlayStation. Probably won't happen, but it would be kind of cool. Especially since I haven't touched one in such a long time, it would be such a... I've been looking at games, because I'm I'm wildly out of the loop. And I'm looking at some of these games like, dude, that looks crazy awesome. Anyways, one of the games I really like to play on the PC is called Civilization. I'm sure most of you, if you know anything about games, you know about Civilization. Civilization is a lot of fun. And when you're first starting out, it's about just trying to... You know, you don't want to suck, right? (laughs) You don't want to be real bad and get attacked and lose and do all this stuff. But generally, if you're kind of good at the game and you're not playing at a super high level, usually when I play, I want to play as challenging as I can, but where I still know I'm going to win. So that's whatever that ends up being. That's what I want to play. And at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. Same as football, right? I, I, I mean, the, the ultimate objective is to win. But there's a lot more to playing Civ than just winning. I mean, why, why, why do I... It's such a random... Like, why Civ in, speci- why in particular? If it's just about winning, why play that game? Why not just do something else? Or I could just walk outside to, I don't have a basketball hoop, but if I did and just shoot a hoop and boom, success, go in the house, I got my quota for success for the day. It's about the fact that I specifically enjoy this game and the the individual components of the game. I like the way that it's laid out. I like the graphics, I like the strategy, I like to try to, you know, it's 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 all these different things to the game in particular on a turn-to-turn basis that are fun. It's the growth, it's the excitement, it's the battles. It's not just I'm not having fun until I win, it's I'm enjoying the whole process of it. And to be honest, that f- and maybe this is just a personality thing for me, I almost never beat the game. And part of the reason is because I don't want to. I'm not saying I don't want to win a Super Bowl, that's not what I mean at all. I absolutely want the Packers to win a Super Bowl. But when you've played it for a really, really, really long time, it gets to be kind of the point where it's like you've got a massive army. I've got more money than I could ever know what to do with. I have more um, uh, towns, cities, than I care to manage. And to be honest, it is getting to be annoying because I have so many cities. It's like, dude, I don't want to sell. I don't care. Just auto-select what you're building next because I don't want to manage this every single turn. And there's something kind of fun and exciting about saying, you know what, I'm gonna start over. It's sad because it's like, dude, I put so much time and effort into this. But it's exciting. It's exciting to think about the rebuild, starting fresh, growing, getting more powerful, trying to climb and and succeed, starting from nothing, and doing things differently this time, doing things the right way. Because as you were doing it, you're like, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't have put my cities so close to each other i didn't you know when you're starting out it's like you put them two squares away or hexagons away or whatever it is and then when you're later on it's like i can't even expand the city because i put cities all around it i'm stupid but now i know to do i'm gonna go like eight away and then there you go you know four or five in each direction and so there is a component to that and it's probably a a silly way to look at it because it should just be about winning all the time it should just be about the being the best and going out and winning but there's just there is just a general excitement. Maybe it's irrational. Maybe it's stupid. But there's an excitement about rebuilding the team, a new image, a new face, a new trajectory, new goals and visions, and 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 building it in in the true version of Matt Lafleur. Because you know uh, Jordan Love is a is a Matt Lafleur handpicked guy. I mean, he's technically Gutikuns, but he does he he's made for what Matt LaFleur does. And I pointed that out when I did the video on Jordan Love, how perfectly it, it all fits together. We love it and get excited when a guy like Josiah shows up because it's like, dude, it's going to be perfect for what Matt LaFleur does. We love Mercedes because he's perfect. We love Alan Lazar because he's a perfect fit for what they do here. We love Amari because Amari's going to be able to do that cool Matt LaFleur stuff. Jordan Love is the quarterback version of that. Not to say Aaron Rodgers isn't, but Aaron Rodgers is a cheat code. You put him on any team, he's going to dominate. Again, I fully understand this is irrational, and the, the best possible thing is for Aaron Rodgers to just come back and we win a Super Bowl and, and big old thumbs up, even though, you know, who knows if that's actually going to happen. But it is exciting, and maybe it's partially because I just sit here and I do this every day and it gets to be very repetitive. And, and I, I just have a very long-term vision of things. And, and, and probably that long-term vision is part of the reason why I'm in faith, and even if it's not Jordan Love, maybe it's somebody else. I've talked about, too, let's put him on the field and see if it works. And if it doesn't, now we got all those picks from Aaron Rodgers and whatever compensation we can get from Love if we decide to move him. And and, and if we're bad enough this year, we could get the number one quarterback next year. And now that long-term vision isn't, well, our, our salary cap is ruined. Even with all this talent, we still can't win a Super Bowl. Rodgers is massively expensive, way too expensive and he's only got like 2 or 3 years left. That sucks, right? Every every conversation we have as Packer fans is we got to hurry up, the window's closing, the window's closing. We got to hurry up, we got to do something, we got to be drastic, we got to be crazy. If we get a guy, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, and he's the guy, he's the next guy in line from Pat from from I don't know who Pat is, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to the next guy. We're not talking about a two-year vision. We're talking about another ten to fifteen years of Green Bay Packers dominance. I get excited about that. I don't like the idea of in two years we're done. Either way, and it's you know you see people on Facebook and stuff all the time like you guys are stupid when Aaron Rodgers leaves. We're a four-win team. Okay, but he is leaving. If it's not this year, it's it's next year, or the year after that, or the year after that. He's not going to play forever. I don't know what fantasy land you live in where you die before Aaron Rodgers leaves the team. But that doesn't happen. He's going to leave. And it's this constant weight and this constant burden on our shoulders all the time. We can erase that and we can start fresh. And one of the more popular things that's going on right now is rookie quarterbacks on rookie deals and going out and just dominating free agency. Because we have all this extra money because we don't have a quarterback taking up 20% of the salary cap, which is what Aaron Rodgers is currently doing, which is unheard of. The only person that's ever done that in the history of the NFL is this year, Matt Ryan. He's the only guy, I mean, he's he's number one. Aaron Rodgers is number two, to my knowledge, in NFL history as far as taking up cap space. And again, you just add in the attitude, add in how he's behaving, add in all the little... Little shots and and his the way that he treats people and the way he talks to people and the side you know the, the way he talked about and to Mike McCarthy and Matt Lafleur and he's not very encouraging and he's not a rah rah or any of that stuff even if you don't need it it's just you know I'm just kind of tired of it and if he's saying I hate this team and I want to leave and I want out of here and I'm gonna go off and do my own thing and and be a diva somewhere and I don't want to be a diva in Green Bay yeah I'm sorry but there's a part of me that's like all right cool send him on his way I'm ready. And willing and able. And I, I know a lot of people aren't. And this is probably part of the problem is you know that Bears fans are going to tear you up if we are fourth in the division. And rather than just taking that on yourself, you want to turn that anger toward Brian Gutekunst and say it's his fault and I hate him for doing this to me. Right? There's this this just panic. We can't be a four, five, six win team. We can't. We have to be number one. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that, too. That's what this whole entitled town thing is. I've talked about this in the past, but there was a time when I felt like the Packers weren't necessarily the best in the league. But they're good. And I specifically remember thinking, you know what? We're not probably going to win this, but there's a chance. What if we do? What if we win? And it was such an exciting thing. Because sometimes you did, and it was the most magical thing in the world because we're the underdog that comes up and wins. And I'm not talking about we're the second best team going up against the number one team. I'm, we don't have that anymore. The Packers are expected to win. The Packers are expected to be dominant. And even though the last two, three years, whatever, uh, the media hasn't given them any credit, they've still been at or near the top. And so every game that you go into, it almost just kind of feels like, I'm just scared we're going to lose. I don't even want to win. I'm just scared we're going to lose. You know, I, it, it's it's not excitement, it's relief. When the Packers win, it's like, oh, thank you. Oh, I thought we were going to lose. That would have been horrible because then Bears fans would have been making fun of us. Ugh. I don't want that anymore. So what? Be the underdog. Be the third in the division that's climbing their way back up to the top. Let the Bears have it for for a season or two. Who cares? Don't be so scared. It's coming anyways. He's not going to be here forever. If this is how he wants to go out doing this, then let let this be it. We knew he was possibly gone next year anyways. It's a year early. Big deal. Let's burn the whole stadium down and call Brian Gutekunst a horrible person. Give me a break. He wants to go a year early, fine, let it be that way. And again, if this is all fake and he wants to come back and everything's good, fine, let's roll this thing back. But yes, I am excited about the future. Whether that's two years, three years, five years, I'm excited about building in a different direction with Matt LaFleur and a different quarterback and and just kind of getting things the way that he wants it to be. It's an exciting thing to me. Because again, I'm a football fan and I'm a Packer fan and I, I, I think it's important to find excitement in the game. The game itself, not just wins, not just playoff berths, not just Super Bowls, the game of football. And I assume a lot of you are that way. Maybe you're not with me all the way, but you're listening to a podcast in the offseason. There's no football right now. There has to be some element of football that gets you passionate and excited. I'm just saying embrace it. Embrace the drama of the offseason. Embrace the, the free agency and, and all these different things and the philosophies of it because it's fun. And if we go end up going with Jordan Love, it's not a reason to get angry. We're just restarting Civ. That's all we're doing. We're starting fresh, new map, just picking a new uh, a new leader. You know, we're gonna go with the uh, the Mongols or whatever. I don't know. We're gonna focus more on uh, on making money than than building an army right away because that's just how I like to roll with every game I play that has to do with money. By the way, my my number one priority is making as much money because you can do anything you want with money. It's a it's a lesson that's true in video games as well as life (laughs) whatever you want in life just make sure you have a lot of money and it'll be taken care of for you not that i know from experience but i you know it's pretty pretty commonsensical so anyways that's my answer to that question and that's and that's my best ability to rationalize something that i fully acknowledge is irrational in my brain there should be no part of me that says i'm excited about jordan love starting Everything in my brain should just be saying, "Rogers needs to come back, please, because if he doesn't, we lose, and losing is less fun than winning. That's rational, but I am excited. I am excited about hitting the reset button, even though it's a PC, it doesn't have one, but let's pretend it's Sega, and we're just going to hit the reset button. So, again, that's just my, abil- my best ab- attempt at-, at explaining where I'm coming from on this. And uh, if you understand, you understand. If you don't, you don't. But there you go. Anyways, I'm going to leave you with that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.